Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parsha Matot Mase, another double Parsha. I'll be honest, it's not the most comfortable Parsha to read as a 21st century reader. In any case, here's a quick recap, and we'll get to the uncomfortable stuff later. We start out with a bunch of laws about making vows, including including all sorts of restrictions on women's ability to make vows and keep them. God is still mad about the whole Midianite seduction incident, so the Israelites wage battle against them and all the men are killed, while the women are brought back to the Israelite camp. Moses is not happy about this. The women were supposed to be killed too, so Moses makes sure that that happens. God then instructs them to purify the spoils and offer a portion of sacrifices. Then the tribes of Reuben and God ask to stay on the western side of the Jordan River instead of settling in the land of Canaan. Moses is mad about this, but they promise to help conquer the land with everyone else before they return back to settle. So Moses agrees. We then get a recap of all the places the Israelites camped, and God reminds them to destroy all the foreign idols when they settle the land. God explains the borders of each tribe's portion, then appoints a representative to divide the land between all the clans of the tribe. Moving right along, God commands the Israelites to create cities for the Levites, plus cities of refuge where a person can flee if they accidentally kill someone else. Finally, God commands the daughters of Selofchad, who we read about last week, and who last week convinced God to change the laws, that they must marry within their tribe so that their land doesn't transfer to another tribe. The end. And the end of the book of Bamidbar. The beginning of this Parsha makes me pretty uncomfortable, to be honest with you. It goes from gender-based oppression to revenge to slavery to genocide, and none of those are really things that I want to deal with in my religious tradition. I don't tend to think of the Torah as literal historical record, which might make it easier for me to read these things and think, well, that was then. So what else could I do? It does actually seem like maybe the authors of the Torah, perhaps even Moshe in the story, also hold some discomfort with the whole Midianite affair. Right after the Israelites return from battle and Moshe sorts out which prisoners they need to kill and which ones they can keep, Moshe reminds the commanders that every single soldier who was in contact with a dead body needs to undergo ritual purification and then remain outside the camp for a while. They can't immediately marry the women they've taken captive. They have to purify all the bounty they took, and they have to offer a good portion of it to God as sacrifices. And only then can they keep it, and even then they have to divide it equally among themselves. In other words, There is no changing this incident, and there's no getting around God's command to kill all the Midianites. We just have to sit in that discomfort. But there is in the Torah a way to temper some of the more base instincts and build ritual process around even warfare, murder, and plunder. This interpretation doesn't completely assuage my discomfort, that's for sure. But it does help me remember that even in our most human, our most uncomfortable moments, there is room for ritual and holiness, and that is a lesson worth learning. Now, as we reach the end of the book of Bamidbar, I want to invite you to send me a voicemail with your thoughts and questions on this book. Feel free to reach out to me at rabbidina at mishkanchicago.org, and I look forward to featuring your questions next week. See you then.